very good evening to you, the beloved listener of Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Nimrod Kupamben, and thanks for allowing me. I am delighted to see summer rain as they make a huge difference in excessive heat and drought that we've experienced in some part of the country. We are also delighted uh, as the year is drifting towards the end. I am sure uh, you are ready to, to recharge your batteries as the year has been draining. Uh, talk of draining, we've had COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, we have got state capture reports. We have had industrial uh, actions. We have had Palapala Gate. We've also had interesting observation over the weekend, wherein all the former presidents expressing their views on a very interesting development in the country. So this is certainly not a boring country, as it were. A lot of interesting developments that take place. But be that as it may, it is what it is. We just need to proceed with our business as usual. I certainly cannot uh, wait to have a moment of deep reflection that can only be afforded by tranquility of the bush life or being in company of the mother nature. In this show, we are deliberate in presenting or showcasing uh, success stories here at home and in the continent as a whole. In this show, we have responsibility to enhance and promote stories which change the perceptions of the continent. We have uh, the likes of Solmolovi and hundreds of other Africans who made it their mission to project the country in a good life despite mama's chance challenges that we are experiencing. If you want to hear more of these stories, not to worry, simply visit our website, which is www.ifm.com and look for uh, Beyond Governments and download any of the podcasts and share your views with us uh, through our SMS line, which is 34419. The telegram is 061-895-1019. And of course, your thoughts and views are most welcome via my Twitter handle, which is at the Nimrod. As you know, um, it is practically impossible to navigate uh, the show without technical support. On that note, allow me to express my gratitude to my fellow co-pilot, Busima uh, Singer, whose technical competencies is unparalleled. I hope the station manager is listening. On a serious note, as we progress, you might know that October is a transport month here in South Africa. During this month, the Department of Transport and its entities will showcase their, or have been showcasing, transport infrastructure services in aviation, maritime, and public transport and roads. Given this ethos, I thought it was important to align today's conversation with business uh, businesses in transport and more precise women-driven uh, businesses in the sector. I am joined by Olivia Maponya, who is an executive director of Copano Bus Services. I'm also joined by Sumolobi, who is an executive and a chairperson at Brain Africa. Brain Hill Africa, I beg your pardon. The question I suppose at the helm is what is the role of transport infrastructure in, pro- in promoting continental integration from a commuter perspective as well as cargo. This conversation is grounded uh, in the context of the African free trade, in, in the context of African continental free trade agreement, which is a beacon of hope in transforming the continent from being an importer of value-added goods to exporter of value-added goods as it were. Without any waste of time, now that I've laid the foundation for our conversation, let me take this opportunity to thank my guests, Olivia and Saul. Colleagues, good evening and welcome uh, to Beyond Government. Good morning to the listeners of High FM. Good evening, Absolutely. Dr. Good evening to uh, Mr. Mulobi and to the listeners. Thank you very much. Without any waste of who is Olivia Maponya? Olivia Maponya is an entrepreneur um, in the transport sector in the bus commuter transport uh, sector, born and bred in Limpopo province, and uh, currently the CEO and the shareholder of Kopano Bus Service and uh, its sister company, Madure Bus Company. Well, great. So thanks for that uh, very brief uh, introduction, which is quite useful uh, for purpose of our listeners. Um, we have heard, I mean, I've seen a very interesting profile of Kopano Bus Services, which you are the CEO. Take us through the profile of the company in terms of, I suppose, its turnover, the number of fleets and management structure, if you like. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mbele. Let me just give you the, the background of Copanaba Service when it was, in, you know, born. Copanaba Service was founded in two, in the year 2000 and started operating in the year 2001 as a black economic empowered uh, company, which has 
got a hundred percent black shareholding. Uh, when he started, I can say it wasn't easy, but um, as we believed in the vision that we had as the shareholders of the company, we knew that one day we will be, you know, holding the flag uh, of the company and the flag of, of the nation very high. So currently, Copper uh, Bus Service is, um, has got a staff establishment of um, 112 employees, uh, majority being the, the bus drivers and males, of course, as this is a male-dominated space that we are in, but we are about to change that as well. So we are running a fleet of 60 uh, standard commuter buses mostly being the um, 80 seaters and the 65-seater capacity buses. Well, thank you very much. It's quite a, a sizable company. And once again, congratulations in breaking the proverbial uh, blushing, as you have correctly pointed out, male-dominated industry. So, I mean, being where you are at does suggest that we are gradually chipping the, the domination, uh, for we all believe that if you bring in women, we are likely to transform the economy as it were. But having said that, what has been your greatest challenges in establishing the company? Thank you so much. Um, I, I want to indicate that, uh, you know, starting the company in 2001, wherein um, we had to formalize the business. In Copan, we've got about 10 shareholders. I want to cite this as one of the challenges because having 10 shareholders in one organization in terms of decision making is always a challenge because our thinking is not unique, is not the same and that we appreciate very much because that is what, you know, has brought us to where we are. But in terms of that, I think as much as it was a challenge where in, you know, our, uh, our thinking was not aligned Given the background that we are coming from, always, you know, forge a way that uh, we could make um, an understanding in terms of where we want to chant the direction of this company, this company too. But another big challenge uh, for me as a female uh, leader in the in the transport um, industry is that we lack a female uh, leaders in the transport industry and not only female leaders we talk of um, even you know female um uh, employees like in my company having about 112 employees i only have less than 30% of which um are, are uh, female in the in, in the in the company so but uh, given that as a challenge i always see uh, challenges as, you know, opportunities for me, not really being the problems that I will sit with without, you know, having some innovative thinking in terms of addressing that. Uh, as we're speaking now, I'm about to address that one because I currently have only two female bus drivers in the entire organization. And I've given an, um, uh, a background uh, uh, earlier on that I'm currently the CEO of two companies which are the you know they're their sister companies it's maduri bus company uh running we're running about 30, 30 buses there and we do have um Copano bus service with with uh, 60 buses so all in all our fleet um establishment com- combined is about six is, is about 90 so now in the 90 buses that the companies have we only have two females in terms of, you know, the, the, the driving, uh, um, capacity, uh, of, of, of our drivers, which is, which was always, you know, um, a challenge for me to say, how do I go about changing the mindset of people in terms of seeing, always seeing a bus driver being, you know, uh, a, a male person and, some of the passengers will even say, "No, we lack confidence if we are driven by by the by, by the female uh, bus drivers." Currently, Copernicus Bus Services embarked on a pro- program of empowering young um, female um, uh, uh, graduates, and even those who don't have formal uh, qualifications uh, between the age of age of eighteen and, and thirty five. We want to give them an opportunity of learning how to drive. We're starting them from nothing, from having no learner's uh, license 
um we're going to 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 give them skills of you know driving um skills of uh defensive driving as well you know managing hazardous good because we want to change you know the way people have perception about you know females in the transport industry and we want them to be the majority you know uh, players in the industry as well so the intention of the of Copano bus services is that once this you know um uh, females have completed their um, uh, skills program in terms of you know acquiring their relevant qualifications and uh, uh, requirements for them to dr- to drive the buses and the trucks not only buses then we will definitely give them you know opportunity to fill up the gaps and to fill up the spaces um in the transport industry and uh, also you know be counted amongst those that will be on the road, you know, competing for the economic opportunities that are there in the transport sector. Interesting indeed. Let me just bring in Song here based on uh, that um, anecdote that you shared with us. So, I mean, uh, we must give it to Olivia and company that they have made such huge strides in participating in a male-dominated uh, sector as well. I mean, it's quite interesting to see the number of fleets which they've able to accumulate. What would your take be in terms of harnessing the existing energies in a broader uh, continental drive? For I believe the the role of Copano um, is predominantly on the commuter side of things. But I'm also glad that she made reference of um, I suppose you know the ecosystem as in bringing women as truck drivers. If you're talking to a truck truck, you know truck drivers, you're more likely to expand your networks in a continent. Could, what's your take will be on that particular point, so? Let me start by uh, commending Copanong uh, bus service, um, especially on them being led by, by a woman executive. And this reminds me also of Transnet uh, nationally, uh, which is led by Pushia Debi. Uh, it means that indeed, um, women are making inroads into the transport sector. But I think, um, let's also give a context. Um, um, October is dubbed, uh, transport month in, 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 in South Africa. And then that's when we, we, we reflect on our transport uh, infrastructure needs the whole sector as to what are the opportunities and the and the challenges, but also then continentally then we will look at uh, the African Union's Agenda 2063 that that speaks about the free movement of people and goods. I think when it comes to the move the free movement. Of, of people, we are basically then looking at Olivia, uh, because that's her, her, her key competence. But then we, we may also look at the taxi industry. We may also look at the, the, the airline industry. But to a large extent, when we talk about the integration of, of Africa, uh, which, who's, Delivery vehicle will also be free movement of people and goods. Then I'll say that uh, transport plays a very critical role in that. And then nationally, we look at uh, one of our key foreign policy principles uh, as South Africa, which is uh, forging of people-to-people contact. So in this instance, then we are talking to, to people, uh, uh, traveling, uh, from their localities to other destinations. And ultimately that's, that will even, uh, result into sociocultural, uh, integration. But beyond just, um, uh, free movement of people, uh, the free uh, movement of goods speaks to as developing a uh, uh, road infrastructure uh, and rail infrastructure and even developing our our uh, our our airline um, industry 
because right now, if I was to fly to Niger, I will first fly to 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 Paris and back into Africa to land in in Niger. But also then we also need to look at our the development of our rail and road infrastructure, especially for ferrying of of uh of cargo. Be, because if we are talking about uh boosting intra-African trade, then transport has to be one of our priority areas because historically we know that the colonial powers across the continent developed infrastructure which was geared towards transporting commodities out of the continent through our harbors into other continents. Now, if we are talking about deepening intra-African trade, we talk about building and developing interlinkages uh, between African countries. We are talking about building interconnectivity uh, amongst African countries. And that's where transport uh, plays a very critical role. In fact, um, the African Union... Uh, through uh, the 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 NEPAT uh, strategy document, spoke about developing rail and road infrastructure connecting Cape Town to Algiers. Unfortunately, the Algerian government uh, is now in the process of constructing the Algiers to Cairo road, which means the African Union should now prioritize uh, Cape to to Cairo route. This is intended to to facilitate the movement of goods, which will translate into uh, goods produced and manufactured in Africa, being able to reach other African countries uh, cost-effectively and cost-efficiently. But obviously, this also speaks to developing uh, efficiencies uh, in, in border management. So that ultimately, if uh, uh, a cargo leaves one country, it should be able to reach its destination uh, within days, as opposed to what is happening right now. I think along the way, for now, we are celebrating our Bolivia, but but along the way, we'll also look at the challenges that also arose from uh, the transnet uh, strike, which was causing our economy up to 6 billion rands a day. So these are the challenges that we will look at uh, later on whilst we reflect on on this month as our transport month. Yes, indeed. On that note, let's quickly take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to Beyond Governance here at 101.9 uh, High FM. Thanks for joining us. We are talking all things transport in the context of regional integration as espoused by the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. To this end, I'm joined by Olivia Maponya, who is an Executive Director of Copano Bus Services, as well as Solomon Obu, who is a CE at, uh, and a Chairperson at Brand New Africa. Before we took that break, um, Sol and, of course, Olivia were giving us uh, interesting insights um, around the challenges and opportunities that sits in this particular uh, environment. I want to just go back to Olivia. Um, being, you know, I would imagine as in any other business environment, competition is quite stiff. And the fact that you are women-led doesn't necessarily mean, in fact, it's almost like a double-edged sword. Uh, you are there is the issues that you've raised, which you need to address from a, a woman-led business. But the question is, what has been the role of government in supporting um, this particular initiative? Thank you. Um, let me uh, share with the listeners that Copano um, Bus Service is running the subsidized commuter services. We're working hand in glove with the uh, Department of Transport delivering these services on their behalf. Of course, the challenge that we always have is that uh, the rates payable are not really sustainable. So we have to, you know, be creative. We have to be innovative in terms of coming up with other ways of, you know, generating 
um, a, a revenue to substantiate on what is currently being paid by the Department of Transport. That is a, a one challenge because now the nature of our services is to cater for the poorest of the poor in the in the country. So expecting them to pay more for their services, I think is not really possible. So sometimes we find ourselves being caught between the rock and the hard surface because what government is paying us um, as subsidy is not really sustainable. And the only place to go is to go to the passengers, increasing their passengers first, which is also not sustainable for them. As we're living with these communities and we understand the challenges that they're going through and and moreover that we are operating our services in the Limpopo province, Limpopo being one of the most rural uh, provinces in the country. And we understand, you know, poverty, unemployment, you know, and all that, these other challenges that our communities are, are sitting with. Although we're trying to be creative in terms of, you know, other ways of, you know, um, um, uh, generating other income, you know, you know, through other income streams. But I also want to highlight, you know, that uh, Copernicus service is is more diverse in terms of uh, building inclusion, touching to the uh, issue of competition. Uh, one would think that uh, our main competitor here would be the the the, the taxi operators. In Copernicus service, we don't see it that way. We don't see the taxi industry being our competitors because we believe that. Um, the passengers that we are fearing every day, they do have choice of how do they want to reach to, to their destination. And secondly is that uh, we do have a very good relationship with the uh, taxi industry in, in the province, at the level of the province uh, through um, Santaco, where in most of the time we'll have, you know, um, uh, programs that will run with them uh, together. Believing that the taxi industry is actually not competing the bus industry, but it is actually um, complementing us. We are complementing one another so that we can provide that inclusion to the, you know, to the communities that we are, we are fearing. And also understanding that uh, um, uh, as we operate the services, other competitors of which one would want, would want to think as uh, being a competitor are the people who are using their own private vehicles, uh, especially those who are using their um, own vehicles from home to work. That to us is, is, is a serious competitor because what we are intended to do is to move um, the, 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 you know, those um, uh, private vehicles of which we find only one, you know, driver or maybe a driver and one passenger in that car. We want to move them off the road and, you know, try to bring them to the public transport services because in that we'll also be dealing with the issue or challenges of having so many vehicles on the road during peak, peak hours. But of course the challenges in the transport, um, public transport sector, there, are, there, are, there are so many. So, but this is just to, you know, to, to mention a few things, Doc. Thank you very much for that insight, which, which makes a lot of sense, um, because we know that the war in Ukraine has, you know, extensively increased the cost of fuel, which is one of the cost drivers uh, for any uh, business operating in, in transport. And, and I'm, I'm quite happy to hear that you are in a process of diversifying your portfolio to generate or to secure other income generating streams, uh, which which may not necessarily be easy uh, for a small company such as yourself. But having said that, let me bring in Saul here. Um, October month has been dubbed uh, a transport month, as it were. Uh, from your perspective, uh, Saul, particularly in relation to the extent to which government is playing its role in you know, providing infrastructure, all infrastructure, um, that would enable bus services that operates in provinces such as the Popo, because the wear and tear is a reality for those buses, particularly when the road infrastructure is not of good quality. To what extent uh, could you perhaps maybe give us insight based on your own personal observation on how this particular uh, issue can be remedied 
from government uh, point of view. Bear in mind that there isn't much to go about, particularly when you're looking at uh, revenue stream for government, as it were. Olivia said something very important to say um, we need to move people from using their private vehicles into the public transport system. Uh, And I remember when an argument was made for for the e-tolls in in Gauteng, uh, it was said that uh, we need to to remove people um, to go into the public transport system, including how train. And if you look at uh, the consumption of of petrol in this country, it's in short supply. And and economics says where a demand exceeds supply then the prices will go up. So if we are to get many people into the public transport system, uh, the, the demand for, for petrol was to go down, and as a result, the prices were to come, to come down. Also, linked with this, then we also need to remove uh, many trucks on our roads so that we then... Uh, opt for for transporting our our cargo through rail and if we were to do this then this will was to increase the lifespan of our roads therefore government was to save more money from roads construction and road maintenance to to in to reinvest that funding into other social services social services needs. But again, um, if the sector itself is very attractive to, to investors, if you look at the, the feedback from the AU heads of state and government, um, uh, assembly, which was held, uh, uh, in, in February this year in Ethiopia, it was indicated that, um, the continent as a whole needs to raise about 345 billion US dollars to buy over 2.2 million trucks to ferry goods in order to depend intra-African trade. And they also indicated that the continent needed over 25 billion US dollars, uh, to, to procure, um, the aircrafts. And they said we need about 36 billion US dollars uh to to buy rail wagons and we also needed 4 billion US dollars uh to 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 buy vessels so that ultimately goods that are manufactured and produced in the continent could be able to penetrate the the continental market now what's happening is that um here at home uh the signs are quite positive if you we were to listen to what government is saying they are talking about um uh revitalizing plaza uh reviving our rail uh, infrastructure particularly in the townships where the infrastructure was vandalized and and to a large extent motivated by the scrap metal uh industry and my my advice to government could be that they need to to regulate the scrap metal sector uh and also ensure that um what what is sold to the scrap metal traders wasn't stolen from from state assets and beyond that we also need a a mass awareness campaign amongst our people where we get to inform our people that all state assets are our assets as citizens because the state uses the tax uh, to buy such assets. Therefore, we need to to protect them. And simply because uh, we also know in our communities uh, who are the people who are, who are stealing um uh, state infrastructure, who are vandalizing our state infrastructure, and we should be able to be the eyes and ears of the police on the ground so that we expose such, uh, such.
such a criminal element. So uh, Africa is on the rise, but and and it's it's an investment opportunity that all of us uh, should be chasing instead of us waiting uh, for investors from other continents uh, to come in and grab all these opportunities that are available to us. Yes, indeed. On that note, let's quickly take a break. We'll come back in a second. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back to Beyond Governance here at 101.9 High FM. Thanks for joining us. We are talking all things transport in the context of regional integration as espoused by the African Continental Free Trade Agreement. To this end, I'm joined by Olivia Maponya, who is an Executive Director of Copano Bus Services, as well as Solomon Obu, who is a CE at, uh, and a Chairperson at Brand New Africa. Thanks for that insight, So, I mean, you've touched on a number of critical issues, uh, but perhaps maybe just to hone down on the issue at hand is, I mean, particularly in respect to the value chain of the 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 busing uh, fraternity, if you like. Um, you know, uh, Olivia raised a very important point, which I want to to pass, I mean, even her to reflect on. That is that of changing the mindset of ordinary commuters or the, the owners of private vehicles for them to opt for um, bus services you know, because of efficiencies and because of cost effectiveness. But that is a mammoth task. We all know that, um, you know, people rather hop into their cars and sacrifice on any other uh, uh, goodie, so to speak. So so this is a huge uh, challenge and which uh, I don't even think we've got a solution. Uh, perhaps maybe the October month uh, as a um, uh, transport month is an attempt by government to try and change the mindset but that, that, we don't know. Perhaps maybe Olivia could give us a sense of whether that mindset is changing. And if it's not changing, what will it take for it to change? Olivia? Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Mbele. I think um, slowly we are getting there. Uh, we haven't made as much progress because I think we, we you know, people get so much comfortable in, 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 their, in their vehicles. But providing, you know, um, Buses or taxis or trains that can be comfortable, that can be safe, that can be reliable uh, to the com- commuters, I think will be taking at least two steps uh, towards the right direction. Because if we want to get these people out of their comfort of using their own vehicles, we need to put a sweetener, you know, for them to say, okay, come to our services. And this is what you will get. Um, but as Copanaba Service, we are, we are believing in a, 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 a system thinking approach that whatever that uh, we are implementing, whatever strategies that we're putting in place, it's not about uh, Copano alone. It's not about pushing the, 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 the strategies of Copano, getting to, you know, to the goals of Copano alone, but we also have to put ourselves into the boots or into the shoes of those that are using our services. And we therefore believe in um, a collectivism uh, rather than individualism. We believe in that uh, if we do things together with the communities as being part of our stakeholders, getting their buy-in before we can even implement certain uh, um, uh, programs, definitely will go a long way because we'll even have some of the community members champion the decisions that we are coming up with. I want to touch on what um, uh, uh, Dr. Has, 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 has currently talked about in terms of our, our, our transport infrastructure. Yes, as the um, uh, bus sector as well, we are very much affected by the current national um, transport infrastructure. You know, operating services in the in the most rural areas of Limpopo, where in the road infrastructure is not up to standard, uh, that costs us so much in terms of the um, uh, mechanical, the repairs and maintenance of our vehicles. But then, the other challenge uh, that he has touched on is is on the fuel price. That is also a challenge because 
um, in, in, in our environment, unfortunately, we are unable to um, increase fares for the passengers twice in terms of the um, subsidies that we get from the Department of Transport. The escalation is only made once. And if I want to share with you, for this year, we haven't even received any um, a annual escalation from the department because unfortunately their budget are too low and stuff like that. So which is also a challenge on our side that uh, since the beginning of the year, as you have stated, uh, that um, Ukraine and Russia happened, prices of fuel went exorbitantly high, unaffordably so. But on the side of government, the rates are still you know, as they were even before the, uh, those, uh, uh, price hikes on the, on the, on the fuel. But the, you know, innovation that we want to come up with, I would call it an innovation because we haven't as yet implemented it. We have tried in Copanopas service to get the, um, actually we tried to test the electric buses because we want to move, slowly move away from uh, diesel powered buses to the, you know, electricity powered uh, buses. But the challenge that we have is that we don't have infrastructure to support that, you know, uh, good initiative. Yes, we can agree with the OEMs that please uh, supply us with these buses on the spec as it is required for us to run the electric buses. But are we having enough electricity? If we cannot sustain this little electricity for us to cook our meals at home. How about having that electricity to power the, the, the buses? So that is still a challenge. And this really is not a solution for us. And I, I heard many times, even from government side that we need to, um, you know, try moving from the, you know, um, 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 uh, diesel powered buses to the electric, you know, powered buses. Because we're also, you know, addressing the uh, issue pertaining to the uh, green economy, moving to, you know, green economy and uh, dealing with the carbon emission and other things. But the solution that I have, I, I visited um, United Arab Emirates in in in, um, in April, and uh, it happened that I, I visited this um, smart city. They, they they built quite a very beautiful smart city in in, in Abu Dhabi wherein everything there is powered from solar. When I came back home sitting and uh, sharing the experience with my business partners, I said, no, no, like we do have a solution in Africa, not only in South Africa, but only if we can get buy-in from our government, only if we can get buy-in from our OEMs to understand where we are bringing this to. Our buses... Um, we, we can have, you know, instead of having the, the electric buses, we can have the solar-powered buses. I've already taken this discussion to, to Scania. I met with the Scania CEO. I've already explained to him that this is now our, 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 our dream to have the solar-powered buses, wherein, you know, the, the, the top of the buses can, we, we, we can, you know, um, you know, put the solar panels there, which will now generate energy that will be stored in the in the batteries for 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 the buses to be powered, and we will be doing dealing away with so many issues pertaining to carbon emission, pertaining to the electricity challenges that we currently sitting with, you know, in South Africa. So those are the you know some of the challenges that we are having with. We 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 trying to solve, and now I, another thing going back to the issue of the challenges that we have pertaining to our poor road conditions, wherein our buses, you know, every second day they have to be uh, maintained. We have to do safety checks because in our op- operation, every single day our workshop is doing the safety checks because of the nature of the roads that we are traveling in. So having such buses. Uh, being powered by a solar, the, you know, energy from the sun, I think will be definitely dealing away with so many, so many challenges that we're sitting with. That, that's certainly a very useful initiative that you have come up with. However, it will take time, um, you know, for a policy shift um, to a point where, uh, and um, you know, government, even government, if could um, 
endorse that value proposition, which I think it does, it, it is capital intensive. Uh, it will require a lot of investments. Um, mm. And I think you've hit it on a nail that you may talk of a shift from diesel powered buses to electric powered uh, uh, buses, uh, but that remains a pie in the sky given the the current uh, energy crisis that we see. You've, mm. you've, you've correctly alluded to the fact that you know you can barely make meals because there's no shedding, let alone powering a bus. Um, so, so these are some of the, the initiatives which I think in the long term will be integrated to a point where we pro- there, there is a diversification uh, as part of energy mix that would enable operators such as yourselves to leverage on the experience and exposure that you have generated in places such as AU uh, based on smart city. So, so those are some of the things that uh, hopefully the government is taking note of them and and uh, hopefully in the, in the short while, we'll begin to see those kind of innovation coming upstream. Your take on that, uh, Saul? In fact, um, this also speaks to our our climate change uh, commitments uh, as a country, and we should then situate that within within the context of a just transition that we are now propagating. And where we we could be saying that in fact um when when our government presents a a just transition um budget mechanism uh that should also incorporate um our transitioning of our public transport uh system into uh into into environmental friendly um 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 uh uh system where we 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 can even begin to talk about um even uh solar energy and for 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 limpopo which is um very hot i don't see any reason why there shouldn't be investors uh who could be putting up uh renewable energy uh plants and maybe they they can even take the the opportunity presented by China's uh, resolution to withdraw from coal, which the resolution which impacted negatively on 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 the future of Musina Makado Special Economic Zone, where we can they say we can they then say it's okay if you don't go for for coal fired uh, energy, uh, we we have a replacement through through solar solar energy. The same thing also applies to the Fitakomo Special Economic Zone in the Sukukuni area, where we could say that uh, we are looking at it uh, depending on on solar energy. But also, um, now that even the buses are, are manufactured here at home, even in 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 in, in Roslyn, uh, I'm aware of um, Fiat. Uh, having been uh, establishing a, a a a plant with a commitment to increase localization up to 90%. This could be an opportunity for us uh, to say to them, here are the specifications that we, we are most interested in. But as we head towards closure, I'll also pose a challenge to Olivia because um, I'm I'm, I'm very, um, I have this soft spot for Limpopo because I, I designed their brand positioning statement that says, um, Limpopo is the heartland of Southern Africa. And I was going to pose this challenge to her that, um, the best way to, to facilitate people to people contact to boost sub-regional tourism, uh, it, it, it it will it, it will happen when uh, our transport sector in Limpopo uh, taps into into those opportunities because then uh, it could be a new revenue stream where people are, are taken to Mozambique to Namibia to Botswana to Zimbabwe uh, to Namibia even to to Malawi uh, on on uh, as tourists. Because I remember 
I I track this uh, from Polokwane to Shai Shai through the Giri Yondo border post uh, within the Kruger National Park. It's 642 kilometers uh, from Polokwane to Shai Shai, where you will experience uh, Mozambique's serene beaches and you'll experience where Limpopo River originates. And if you were to look at Devon, uh, the trip is, is over 900 kilometers. So it could be. Unfortunately, we're gonna, we're gonna have to leave it here since we've run out of time. Once again, it has been absolute pleasure having you. Thank you very much for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mbele and Olivia. Beyond Governance, Making Sense of Doing Business in South Africa is proudly sponsored by Plus94 Research, the science of decision-making. Uh, welcome back. It's amazing how time flies when you're really having an interesting conversation. Uh, you know, on this glorious day, we are in company of Kopano um, Basavi, CEO, um, you know, who is really giving us uh, very interesting insights uh, on the extent to which they've been able to make inroads um, in the busing in the industry, as it were. Olivia um, comes across as a, a very powerful woman uh, who really instigated that faith that we all have in women-led uh, businesses. Um, as you proceed and, and, you know, really getting closer to our very interesting conversation, which we probably need more time just to unpack it bit further. Um, way forward um, from your end, Olivia, would not, I'm sure we've had numerous investment summits in the transport sector and would not, what would have been the next step? Because the transport fraternity, as I've indicated earlier, something that you're very much aware, it is capital intensive. Uh, based on some of the innovations that you've thought of, does suggest huge opportunities which lie fallow, which needs to be activated. To what extent do you think the investment summit, where you can bring not only national but international players under one roof and see potential um, um, presented by Copano bus services and, and other you know, uh, uh, bus services as it were, to try and see the kind of investment that is needed um, to drive the economic growth of the province of the continent ahead. What is your take on that? Yeah, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mbele. And I think um, what has uh, been touched by uh, Prasol is that um, we need to look at this and uh, check what are our lower-hanging fruits in terms of getting what we can get now and uh, the rest can follow later. But as I've indicated that um, our solution now to our problem is on our uh, um, supply chain. And as Copano Bus Service, and not only Copano Bus Service, even other bus company working together as a collective, we can agree that even in Limbobo, we can have that um, 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 a plant, that plant, of which we can start piloting the solar-powered buses. But, of course, it requires, you know, um, quite enough investment for it to start. But as I've indicated earlier on that, if we can have the buy-in of government, then it will be able to attract other international investors to come and invest in this uh, massive project, which will also address the issue of unemployment in the province as we are currently sitting with, you know, high numbers of people who are not even employed. And that will um, enhance and contribute to the economy of the of the province and of that of the of the nation. Thank you very much. Unfortunately we have to leave it here. Your partner short Prasol. Uh mine is to congratulate uh Olivia. Um just to say that amongst the many awards they've won, uh include uh an international award uh on excellence in product and service uh which was uh received by also Olivia 
in France. Um, it's an honor for me to finally have this conversation with her. Congratulations, Aussie. Thank you so much. And uh, let me share with the listeners that uh, I think uh, we are um, being recognized this year. It has been our year. And I believe that it will be, you know, um, going on like that even the coming years. So on the 28th of November, Obanobas Service will be receiving uh, another award in Dubai. It's also an international award on uh, top of business. And uh, locally, we have received in August uh, Standard Bank Top Top Women Award. And um, we also have received three uh, categories um, in, in, you know, in the awards um, given by PMR Africa. And then the biggest one as well on the, on, on, on the line, it's on the, it's, it's on the 20th of, um, 20th of December in United Kingdom in Oxford, where in we will also be uh, recognized for excellence by the European Quality um, Award Agency. Thank you. My goodness, those are very interesting uh, accolades indeed. And I hope these accolades are also accompanied by, 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 you know, financial muscle that is desperately needed to bring your company to the level that we needed. But I suppose those accolades are service as basis because they recognize excellence, which by in its nature attract, uh, or crowding investment. Unfortunately, we're gonna, we're gonna have to leave it here since we've run out of time. Once again, it has been absolute pleasure having you. Thank you very much for coming through. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Mbele and Olivia. There you are. Uh, that was a very interesting conversation that we've had with the Executive Director of Popano Bus Services, uh, Lydia, as well as, um, I mean, her name is Olivia Mapolia. Once again, thank you. And Swamalog, who's not a stranger to the show, uh, in his capacity as a chairperson and, and the CEO of Brand New Africa. Let's do this again next time. It has been absolute pleasure. Shalom. Let's do this again next time. It has been absolute pleasure. Shalom.